Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is it my advice to you? I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, GoBros, I am in the GoBro room with Mr. Gary Wilson. Gary, what's up, bro? Yes. Hanging out in Ontario in the cold, blizzardy snow. Damn. (laughs) Hey, Gary, why don't you kind of give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they could get to know you better? Like a five-minute story of the day you were born till now. Sure, you got it, man. Well, the day I was born was probably indicative of the rest of my life. I was actually born in a small army clinic in Grafenberg, Germany, East East Bavaria, right on the East German border, January 5th, 63, middle of the worst blizzard in 10 years. They had to, they thought I was going to be born on a helicopter. They had to fly a helicopter in to get my mother to fly her to Nuremberg because no, the snow drifts were 15 feet high. And on the way to the tarmac, I started coming out. So they wheeled me in a little uh, uh, utility closet. I was born in an army clinic utility closet. <laughs> they put me on this helicopter, wrapped in a green wool army blanket, a cardboard box, things going up and down, left and right, and people screaming and yelling. In any case, land in Nuremberg. And Stars and Stripes magazine, magazine was already taking pictures because I was the first, you know, they thought I was the airborne baby of the year. But anyways, fast forward, kind of cruised through uh, school and high school and all that. Really didn't care so much about school. Quite frankly, I spent more time having more fun playing football and stuff like that. And thank goodness for my mother filling out paperwork to get me at Old Dominion University in Tidewater, Virginia, where I met my college roommate, Socrates the Met. We became best friends. We're still friends today. In fact, I'm going to see him in two weeks down at Port St. Lucie, Florida. And his dad was a huge investor in Richmond, Virginia. And he taught us how to get our first house. He never gave us a dime. He never never gave us the fish. He taught us how to fish. And this is January 1986. I just graduated from college. We bought a four-bedroom, two-bathroom uh, rancher in Virginia Beach, Virginia for a cool 63000 And uh, got married two years later. And by the way, at the closing table, this was my first big lesson in life. He's pounding his chest, Mr. DeMet, saying, if you boys do what I tell you to do when you're 35 years old, you won't have to work for anybody else. Well, we were 23 at the time, and we bought a boat. We bought a VW van to tow the boat. We did everything and so what Mr. DeMet taught us. And uh, two years later, I got married. So Socrates bought me out. Now, get this. I had a total of like 3000 bucks into the house. That's it. A little bit of money. 
Uh, I, I saved up from college, working in college, and uh, uh, Sock put in his part, and we paid about 50 bucks a month out of our pocket because we rented the other two rooms out to the other guys who pretty much paid our, our mortgages. We, so by the way, uh, anybody who thinks you can't assume a mortgage anymore, you can. You can still assume VA mortgages. You can assume a lot of variable rate mortgages too. So we assumed this guy's first mortgage, a VA mortgage. We refinanced the second. And we gave him a mortgage for the equity for, for a third mortgage. In any case, three years later, Socrates bought me out. I got 8,000 out of the deal. Put three in, I got eight out. I'm thinking, this stuff really works. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm in Pittsburgh doing mergers and acquisitions for PNC Bank and hating like just basically getting promoted and hating it worse and worse. And I thought about what Mr. DeMette taught it, told us, and I decided I'm going to go out and invest. I'm going to invest a lot more properties. And I took Carlton Sheets' famous uh, late night guru program and bought uh, 10 properties that year, a total of 30 units. And fast forward five more years, at that point I had a total of about, uh, I don't know, maybe 200 some odd units. No, about 170 something units. In retirement, I was 40 years old. What year was this, Gary? 2003. I was 40 years old. Nice. I packed up my bags and said, I'm out of here, man. And you would hear something really funny, Pat. We had just had some major layoffs. I had to lay off a lot of people. And I told my boss, I said, you know what? I'm out of here, man. Take my job. Give it to somebody else. So I'm walking out of the bank with a dolly with my final set of boxes and stuff. And there was a couple of guys on the street looking at me and saying, hey, you need any help, buddy? Man, we feel so bad. They thought I was one of the guys getting laid off. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What, what, what was your job? Like, what was, your, what was this job that you were getting? So what I did is I, uh, I, I managed 10 different businesses for, in, in operations. And when we started buying and merging with other banks, my job was to uh, have my teams compare the software systems from the different banks and determine which software system would survive which means some people keep a job, some people don't. Or we would merge, we would take chunks of software and create new systems out of that. So that was, and, and that was the last day that you worked for the man, so to speak. That's it, man. Yep. I don't know how many years was that, 16, 17 years ago now? Mm. Yes. And then, so what'd you do from that point forward? Well, ironically, for the next year, I actually felt guilty. You know, I'm, I'm sitting on my deck in the morning drinking coffee, reading the paper, and all my neighbors are going off to work. And in Pat, I actually worked harder the next year than I did in any previous year. Because I just, I had to feel like I had to keep doing something. And so I started, I built a brokerage company and I built a property management company, built a title company, uh, an appraisal company. You started building shit. That's it, man. And what I found out was, and this was a great lesson I learned from Robert Kiyosaki. You know, we got to meet him five, maybe five years ago or so. And uh, what I learned was, Owning all of that real estate actually wasn't the end game. It was simply the foundation upon which you can launch other businesses, other things you want to do, because the real money, the big money is in the businesses, building businesses and selling businesses and things like that. I didn't know that. Being, I built the businesses because I saw an opportunity to make money. I didn't build them to sell them. I built them because I wanted more cash flow streams. I wanted multiple streams of cash flow. Mm. Uh, and I had, I had a lot of them. I had at that time probably um, – uh, more than 200 units and, of course, the five businesses. But I was working myself to the bone, man. In fact, I, I, was, I was not a good manager. I'll be the first. Where were you living at this time, 2003? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, so, so now fast forward to today, 2019, almost 2020. By the time this comes out, it'll be 2020. Yep. 
recording this on New Year's Eve. So 17 years. So tell me about that. Okay. Huge ups and downs. So recession hits last quarter 2007. I was actually okay because I had sold my last flip in July. You knew enough to not flip anymore. Just keep hunkering down on the rentals and teaching and stuff like that. But what happened is I went through a divorce. And right when the divorce started, within that first year, I broke my back in two places. And that really knocked me out. I mean, I couldn't walk. I mean, they took my driver's license away. I had to go through rehab to learn how to walk again. It was crazy. And in the middle of all that, I had a judge tell me, while I'm in the hospital, by the way, that because I couldn't drive, I couldn't walk, I couldn't drive, I couldn't drive, I couldn't work, and I got to sell 90% of the assets, just the tangible, the real estate. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not selling. I'm, I'm refusing. And my lawyer said, well, you either do or you go to jail. And I said, fine, send me to jail. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have to sell all this to pay what? To submit, my soon-to-be ex-Mrs. Wilson went to her attorney and said, uh, he can't work anymore. I need money. And they, they figured. So you got uh, a divorce. Yes. And, it, and I'll tell you, the biggest things I can tell you guys is this. is If you want to remain. So, so as a result of a divorce. Yeah. They wanted you to sell in at least half of your properties. 90%. Businesses. 90. Businesses, just the properties. Yeah. Why? Why, why not 50%? In, in Pennsylvania, half? Yeah, well, yeah, you would think so. You would think based on the circumstances, things would have gone differently. But, but the, the problem wasn't that it was just a the kind of lawyer did you have the yeah. worst one in ever. Yeah. 90% you had to, you had to give your ex-wife 90% and you only got to keep 10. Well, I got to keep the businesses. That was the trade-off. She got, she got the, the cash and the property. But here's the, here was the problem. It wasn't the divorce. That was 50, 50. But the problem was, her lawyer went to the judge and had him file something in order to say to sell the tangible assets because I couldn't work. And somebody had to generate revenue. And the guy's like, well, actually, sorry, female judge, uh, with me being the breadwinner, it was easy to prove I was the breadwinner. And Mrs. Wilson never worked a day in her life. So that's what they came up with. The, sell the assets in order to give her the money she needed. They determined whatever was three or five million bucks or something. She would get that. I would keep the businesses because I don't have to physically be the businesses that was a logic they came up with. All the while, I'm not even there. I'm not even part of these discussions. When it came to me, it was um, you know, kind of a shock. In any case, I don't want to do it because what I want to tell you guys is this is probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, right? Because I was able to then focus on the businesses and I merged one or two, I sold one or two, and I uh, kept one and ended up building another business out of that. Ended up doing like what Robert Kiyosaki does in, in teaching. Turns out, I'm still today doing this, and I, I love to do it. I never get burned. Tell out. me about today. Let's talk about today now. Like, how many lines of horizontal income do you have, Gary? Yeah, right, right now, just just the one. The yeah. one is what is the one? What is the one? So I, I teach, I teach and train, but there's also a separate entity. It's a continuity program where people can be in a community, investors, dentists, chiropractors, engineers, and they can co-mingle with these agents I've been training for the last five years. So now I've now built this community. So that passive income from that, I could actually- so the, con- so the, so the, the coaching and training is, is, is vertical. Correct. The, the continuity program is horizontal. Yeah, and the, and the, and the best thing of all is this is, um, we just launched our online version of the program. So now Gary Wilson is now getting out of the teaching game and we just had a very first sale, ironically, on Christmas Eve, which is kind of neat. So it's basically what I've been teaching, boxed. It's a basically a home study course. 
so they don't have direct contact with me. So that's another source of horizontal income coming in. And we don't, all we have is projections on that, but based on early results, you know, click-throughs, opt-ins, all those critical factors, uh, what we're seeing is by the end of March, we should be at about um, eight programs a day. And uh, that's, another, that's another source of horizontal income that Gary can live off of. So uh, long-term, probably I'm a little bit more like Tim Rhodes. I mean, I'm, I, I love real estate maintenance my life. But what I realized is I don't actually have to own anything. You can, you can profit a lot by controlling things without actually owning things, you know. So we're working on some programs. What, what does that mean? So you can do things like um, Airbnb and non-medical assisted living where you can control a, 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 a property without actually owning it. You can get it under like a master lease. And, it's oh, and do you do that? Yeah, we're working on that now. I don't, I don't have anything under, under control right now, but we, we just launched uh, out in uh, Phoenix and some other parts of the Southwest where we can pick up some of those big ranchers and split off the individual bedrooms. Uh, the, this whole concept of non-medical assisted living started in Phoenix and I actually met the guy that developed it on a cruise. Non-medical assisted living. Yes. It's like it's this it's development wise, Pat. It's probably where Airbnb was about 10 years ago. Right. Pretty new. What it is, is, um, and I really encourage you to anybody to look into this. Um, it's being that it's non-medical means it's very uh, lightly regulated. It's, it's not really regulated at all because the residents are fully ambulatory. They're mobile. They're, they're, they're emerging retirees who don't want to cut grass and shovel snow and fix stuff. They want to hike and bike and kayak and travel. And they don't want to be in a nursing. They don't want to even be in a retirement village. That's not what they want. They want to be in a neighborhood and a nice home. So, so these properties, guys, they're not just like dorms. These are nice homes with grade A kitchens and dining rooms and bathrooms. Each room has its own bathroom, and they'll pay 3000 bucks a month just to be able to have a place to come home to. And I've, I've seen, I'm studying this, and I've seen people have various degrees of service. You can have basically entry-level service, which you get your room, you get the common areas, you get parking, get everything you want. And high-level services, they actually provide laundry services, cooking meals. I mean, it's like high-end concert services. That's what we're aiming for because we can get about 3000 bucks a room. So instead of me renting a house for 3000 bucks, I can rent four bedrooms for 3000 a piece and get 12000 a month for that property. So um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in, and I'll, I'll be glad to share this with anybody who's interested once I get there. Yeah, it's fascinating. So let, let's talk about the, where you are today and – and, and who Gary Wilson is yeah. uh, currently by looking at your one sheet and, you know, you guys, you guys know one sheet is a baseball card. You're looking at yeah. Gary's face. That's the front. We're going to flip it over in the back. Yeah. You look at the back of the baseball card. How much do you weigh, Gary? Uh, 172. What's your body fat? It's about 18%. It, it's, it's actually high for me because my historically has been below uh, 10%. Okay. And what's your credit score? Uh, right now, it's uh, 794. Okay, good. And what is your give back ratio? Uh, it's right around 10%. It fluctuates depending on the income, but uh, it's, it's, my aim is 10%. That's pretty good. That's pretty high for, uh, compared to most uh, GoBros. So, commend you on that. Real quick, but I got to tell you, it's easier for me, guys, because I'm 57 years old now. As of this Saturday, I have no debt. I literally have no, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially a free man. <laughs> so 
So I'm able to, and so my focus in life now is on experiences and relationships. And I don't have a lot of out of pocket. I don't owe anything on anything. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any debt. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. So your house is paid off. Your cars are paid off. Everything. Yep. I Everything. You just paid debt. it off. Yeah. I pay the IRS as soon as I know I got it. I mm. knock it out of the park and, and keep moving forward, man. Pay good. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, cool. All right, and so what about your life happiness index? What's your LHI? I don't know what it is right now. We've uh, Briefly, I'm not going to dwell on this either because I don't want people to think I'm having a, a bad year, but... Uh, my wife and I both lost our dads, and my wife also has come through a year of breast cancer. So we're uh, so on the surface, it might look like it wasn't such a good year, but you know, we're happy people, man. You know, we're moving forward, did what we had to do, and uh, uh, the year's behind us now, officially today. Yeah, so, here's the 2020, right? That's it, man. I'll tell you what, we're um, we're excited about the future we got. And, and now you live in Canada, huh? Part time, so part time Florida, part time Canada. Wow, and and what made you do that? Growing up in Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah, a, a, a beautiful lady named Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> Love brought you to Canada, and then and then you spend the rest of the time in what part of Florida? Uh, it, well, this uh, so on January sixth, I'll be down there. I'm driving down the fourth, and I'll be there all winter long, January, February, March, going around the entire state from Jacksonville south to Miami, out the Key West, and up the West Coast, and out the Panhandle. So I have a place in Lake City, Florida. I'm never there. So what I do is I travel. I have an account with Marriott. I just stay in like the, like I'll be at West Palm Beach for a week, for example. Be, be, uh, most places I'll be at a week. So that's what I do. And uh, that's all business expense for me. So that's how I shape it up. Okay. The reason I pick Florida, pick Florida it's, a great, it's a great state. There's no income tax. The business is established in Wyoming, so there's no business income. So I got no state-level business income tax, and I have no personal-level income tax state-level either. I only have to pay federal tax on income for business or personal. Because you're a Canadian citizen? Or, or, or no, because I, I set up the entities. So personally, I, I reside in Florida. That's my personal residence. Oh, oh, I see. I yeah, got the business is established in Wyoming. So in Canada, I'm not. Well, how can you get a personal residence in Florida staying in hotels? Don't you, have to, don't you have to mail the tax return? Yeah. Don't you have to have an address you mail the tax return to? Correct. So there's a physical property in Lake City, Florida. And uh, so I don't actually live there, but it's a physical address, not a P.O. box. And there are businesses in Florida that are established just for people like me. And Same you pay that house. guy that has that house, uh, you know, something to use his address? Absolutely. I, I get my mail. I get to see my mail online. I tell them what to send to me, what to throw away. And uh, it's, a, it's a great. So I got the car registered there. Life That's insurance. funny. Insurance. Car and he, he just opens all your mail and he has like a power of attorney to open your mail or permission or whatever. Yeah, check this Pretty. out. He's a former, former uh, uh, security at the White House for Bill Clinton. He's retired. Uh, I forget what they call those guys. Secret Service, yeah. Mm. 
Awesome. All right, cool. So uh, let's talk about the future, uh, Gary Wilson, right? Well, let's talk about the past first. I want to talk about your five greatest hits, Gary. So, you know, anybody, uh, you know, any musician has a greatest hits album and, uh, you know, on that greatest hits album is their most played uh, or mo- or best songs. Uh, what would Gary Wilson's five best songs be and in, in the course of his 57 years of life, like moments that you're like, that was the best day of my life? Yeah, man, I got to tell you, one of them was I was 17 years old. I was able to go to the, the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Pass, Lake Pass of Florida. And I got to go to the hockey game where the where Americans beat the Russians. That actually wasn't the gold medal game. A lot of people get confused by that. Uh, it wasn't. But we beat the Russians. I was in the stands. I literally had a pass. My stepdad was on the uh, one of the uh, uh, Olympic organizing committees. We got to go to every event we wanted. We had our own place to live in. In any case, so I got to see the Ru- Americans beat the Russians, and then I got to see the Americans beat the Finns for the gold. And most importantly, I was in the closing ceremonies out on the ice with the athletes. What the? How, how? They just, they were looking for kids to hand flowers to the athletes as they skated out. I was already there. I was, I was talking to Chuck Manjoon, famous trumpet player. Uh, Dorothy Hamill was there. We we're hanging out. And they said, would you want to hand out flowers to the athletes? And I said, why not? So I'm out there on the ice, handing flowers to the athletes as they skate out. And then they would throw the flowers up to the crowd. And the crowd would throw them back down. It was total mayhem, actually. Um, but at the end of the, at the, end of the night, um, I walked out of there with this big styrofoam thing on my back full of flowers from head to, to, to ground, walking through the streets, and people were picking flowers off of the, uh, off of the, uh, the, the styrofoam thing, and they have pictures of me doing that. <laughs> so, um, but that's probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And I got a All right. So four more. What are the other four? Okay. So next thing was um, I would say it had to be that first house, man, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, that, that, that one thing right there – taught me that even though you don't know something, you can still do something. You can learn about it. You can do it. <clears throat> and I was young enough to not know to be afraid, okay? I was young enough to, to take that chance and take that risk. Thank goodness I did because when I was 35 years old, when I actually went out there with my own money sort of buying properties, I didn't have that fear. It's one advantage I'll say I have over most people. I didn't have that fear. That one right there. The, the, probably the next bigger property purchase was a 78-unit apartment complex I bought uh, nine, my gosh, it's been 12 years ago. And that was a freaking home run. I, I paid about a million bucks for it, sold it for about 2 million cash load. I went from 8,000 to 15,000 net cash load per month while I owned it. And uh, so that was a major, major win. And by the way, Pat, remember I said I had to sell 90% of the properties. That's the one I kept. So, no smart man. <laughs> yeah, I can live off of that one. I would also tell you this, um, guys, building business is fun. Building business is a lot of fun. And I love building business. People ask me, what's my favorite business? And I'll say the next one. The one I'm working on now, which is MIS, My Investor Services, um, that's, that's my keeper. I, I, we're building it. We're growing it. And uh, we're getting a lot, of, a lot of good reviews, a lot of good traction, and a, a lot of growth out of it. And it's fun doing it, man. So I would say the third thing is, Building that first business was the Win Realty Advisors Brokerage business back in 2008. And that's what I merged with Keller Williams in 2012. And I got a, I'll tell you this publicly now because it's public information. Guys, I got a three year pad on that. Most people get a year and a half. I got a three year pad on that. Okay. The business I have now, the valuation is a multiple of five. When you sell businesses, you sell them what's called a, a multiple, it could be anywhere from one to 10. 
Um, and that was that was your third. That was number three when you sold yeah, your business. Yeah, three uh, number. Or, so yeah, the number ninety four. unit apartment building, the selling of the business, Correct. and the getting a sneaky smile from Dorothy Hamill. What Is what uh, two more? What else you got? All right, so the next thing is, is uh, when I was going through that, uh, that major turn in my life back in, in uh, around 2010 when I broke my back, divorced, the bottom of the recession, it was people were basically writing me off. And I, in Pittsburgh, unfortunately, I was on the radio every week. I'd been on TV, and so it was a public thing. For what? For Just for uh, all the businesses that I built, the properties I owned, and I taught people how to do this stuff. I'd get invited to speak at people's and engagements and things like that. I couldn't go to a Christmas party while somebody approaching me and saying, hey, I hear you going through all this. It just, I didn't want to be part of that stuff. That's not how I live. I, the fact is, shit's going to happen. And you either got to choose to let that define you and consume you. So, so what was the event? You're at a Christmas party and you said that was it? I'm not, I'm not going on TV anymore or what? what? Yeah, somebody from television came up to me and I went and I, and I said, honestly, I, um, I've already moved past it. Apparently, you guys haven't, but I have. And uh, that was when I realized I'm going to move from Pittsburgh. But I would say getting through all of that, and really the main thing was coming out. Why, why were you on TV? Were you like the bad guy or the good guy? Oh, no, no, the good guy. I mean, my wife was, was in the press, too. She had her own business. It was a medical business. And, um, you know, we would get out. People would invite us. We'd get on and be guests or things like that. That's, it just wasn't like, it wasn't like something you did. It wasn't like no, you, weren't, weren't, you weren't infamous. Yeah. No <laughs> okay. And then at that day, you said, "Screw it." You know, I'm done with this, and you moved to Canada. I actually actually moved back to Virginia. I had I got a house on uh, Chesapeake Bay, right on the water, right on a cove, and uh, took my boat out every day. Man, it was fun. I, so for about a year, I basically just kicked back. I wrote five books, went out on the water every day, and just did a lot of meditating and building myself. I was I was in my best shape ever back then. Pat, my 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 body fat was that around 5%. I took that metabolic test. I was 52 years old. Guess what my metabolic test came back at? 52, your metabolic, 38 maybe? 26, 26. I didn't have an ounce of fat on. That's crazy. It was, I was doing that year ago, that year at the Lake Tahoe, I did uh, 86 push-ups. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, um, tag on it, what was the guy, the, uh, had the hedge fund. He's not longer. He's no longer working. Go abundance. Um, my rocks friend. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, I would have won that year. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in any case, uh, that whole experience, guys. That was number four. In other words, and I, you know, I, I don't. All I did was took action. I really dug deep. Went through a lot of like coaching, and I had a, a great coach named Janiah Lane. A lot of you know her. I had her for a lot of years met with ministers, studied, focused on myself, and built myself back up again. Really, for, actually, I actually had a doctor tell me I had no hope. I had a doctor say, you have Damn, hope. son, why? Just because everything, my leg, my right leg was, it was, my leg, right leg shrunk up to like that. It was crazy. Did you get in a motorcycle accident or something? That's, that's, I broke my back skin is what happened. Oh, skin. Yeah. Mine and your, were you, were you ballsing out on a, on a black diamond or what happened? Yeah, I, was, I was racing. I was in a race. I don't race anymore. I just keep for fun now. You yeah. were racing somebody or you were yeah. like racing? Oh, okay. So I was in a race. He little hit something, a stump that stuck up. Basically, the face plant ended up in the trees and the rocks and everything and busted two of my vertebrae. And the sheathing of the nerve root was being damaged by the bone fragments. And that's what caused my right leg to go completely. I couldn't feel it. It was, it was basically shot. And it took some miracles to make that happen. So I'll tell you this, guys. 
I'm a firm believer in that, and miracles occur every day. And sometimes God's got to hit you with that two by four to make you realize that. But but uh, be awake and aware to it because it, it it really does happen. I've seen some pretty amazing things in my life, and that and I, I that was one of the things I saw was like I'm looking back, I'm thinking as painful as it was, probably one of the best experiences ever. That that number four is actually probably number one. You know? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny on the greatest hits, people, sometimes people put, you know, negative things as good things, right? So yes. like breaking your back, you know, it, you know, is, is one of your greatest hits. So, okay. So you got, you got another one? I do. And this was probably the, this was the future. So years ago, unfortunately, one of my five siblings got addicted to crack. Um, professional guy is a UVA graduate, worked at clinical psych ward and just, just went off the deep end. And uh, I went and basically uh, did an intervention and got him out of where he was and brought him back to the family. And uh, he's been clean and sober ever since, been over 20 years. And we, he and I have got together and have done other interventions for other people, like some of my tenants, some people that didn't work for me, like plumbers, electricians. And I recognized I could see now when somebody's got a, a, a drug problem. And we would go intervene and uh, literally to the point of putting myself at physical danger. I mean, literally the streets you wouldn't be found dead on. But it's a calling, so we have this, this program I'm going to develop. And this is what I want to hold you guys, hold me accountable for, called the Healing, Healing House Foundation. So we took my brother, separated him from society completely, took him way out in the woods. And this house we had, my parents had, miles from anything. You couldn't, you, he had no car. If he was to go to a, drug, a grocery store, it would take him three days to walk there. But because of that isolation and, that, and with my mother for literally for nine months, it allowed him to kind of reconnect and rebuild and build up that self-esteem and that feeling of knowing he's loved so that when he went back out of society, he could resist the temptation. Because it's so you guys didn't take him to like a detox or a rehab. You just took him out to a cabin with your mom. Uh, we tried those things like two or three times and it wasn't working. In the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, we said, excuse my French, but screw this. And uh, we took matters in our own hands and, just basically, I, I, learned, I tell you guys, the big lesson was this. If people will say they got to want to be helped, and that's true. But sometimes people don't know how to ask for help. And he was really lost his family, lost his house, lost his job, lost, lost his freaking dog, lost everything. And we've had to physically, my dad and I go get him. I mean, physically remove him. And that's what it took. So if you know anybody that suffers from this, this stuff. Did you like uh, beat his ass and like throw him in the car or, or like did he go kicking no, and screaming? No, but we were, um, there was an altercation. There were some other guys that were coming to, you know, get, get high on this stuff. And uh, we basically, basically, that's why I was going to rip this guy. One guy, one guy had a prophetic leg, no, probably a prophetic leg. And I told him, I said, if you, you, you get in my face for a second, I'll rip that leg off and bust your head with it. And <laughs> it, was, it was bad. So we just literally took my brother, we're moving, we're going. Pat, it was a huge ice storm with the drive through and I got him to a, a Denny's restaurant, and I never saw somebody eat so much. He had two big, massive cheeseburgers and milkshake, and we had to pull over. We couldn't drive anymore because the roads were so bad. And we got in hotel rooms. The first time my brother and I had shared a room together since we were like eight years old, and I looked over, and like his belly's sticking up. I mean, he's like, and I'm looking at the moon out there with the ring around it. You know how when, it's, when it ice storms and snows, it's hitting the glass on the window. I'm looking at this stuff, and um just really gave a lot of thanks and gratitude that night. Called my grandmother, called my aunts, told everybody, you know, we got, we got Charlie back. Everything's going to be okay. And the next day we drove the rest of the way to Charlottesville. 
you know, I got him at the house. And uh, from then on, it was a huge recovery and a huge great story. That's so one of the guys we actually, we actually intervened with. One of them was one of my lieutenants. Now goes around the country speaking to Boy Scout troops. Yeah, he has, a, he has a, a pathological stutter. But yet the guy, you go in a room with this guy speaking, and you could hear a pin drop. Everybody's riveted by this guy's speech because he's young, and he speaks to these scouts. So in any case, my vision, this is, here's the future for Gary Wilson called Healing House Foundation. Healing House Foundation. This is a charity you're starting or what? Absolutely, yeah. 5013C. Um, so be, I'm going to, uh, you know, Justin Jarbo, I just brought him in the Go Bundes this past few months. He's in uh, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of him, yeah. He's an awesome dude. So he created a 5013C. He's showing me how to do this. And the purpose is to buy these houses in every region of the country to allow other people to experience that, 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 combination of isolation and reconnecting with a family member like a spouse or a parent to build that person back up again from the inside. Okay. And then when they go back out, they can be a contributing member of society and not have to worry so much about temptation. But that's the, I would give every dime I've got um, to be able to accomplish that. That's how serious I'm about that. That's cool, man. Well, that's cool. Like a lot of, uh, yeah, let us know when you get that up and running, you know, first house, baby. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. this year, that's, that's the plan this year, first house. That's crazy, man. So, okay, cool. So let's uh, do this, Gary. I'm going to yeah. uh, wrap this up with a question from the GoBundance app. Are you ready to be put on the spot with a GoBundance card game uh, question? Sure, hit me up, man. Okay. Gary Wilson, what mentor did you most recently, most recently seek out and what did you learn? Hmm. Boy, that's a good question. Okay. Boy, I got to tell you, there's been so many. Uh, there was one guy named Dustin Matthews. Okay. He used to be, he used to run a group called uh, Speaking Empire. They disbanded. He's got his own thing now called Wealth Fit. He's in San Diego. And uh, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. He's, he's tied in with um, Than Merrill from Fortune Builders. He helped Than Merrill do his launch in 2009. He slept on his couch. Uh, I've learned more from that guy about the, you know, information marketing business and, you know, presenting yourself and building a good product and building a solid foundation that's based on service and contribution, because that's what actually survives in this world. Uh, I don't know if he hires himself out, but if you can connect yourself with Dustin Matthews, that dude is one of the greatest relationships you could ever have. We're, we're good friends today. What'd you learn, what'd you learn from, a seek, from this seeking Oh boy, it goes so many levels. At the business level, um, how to actually promote your business if you got an information marketing business on the business end of things. On a personal end of things, the guys, 100% integrity, honor. You know exactly what you're getting when you talk to me. You can see it, you can feel it. And uh, he, does not, he does not jeopardize or sacrifice honor and integrity for anything. I've seen him turn away a coaching contract for $100,000. I was there in the room. And this lady, she was a, she, I guess a, Bonnie Cantor was her name. She was a famous Hollywood producer. Uh, she and I were friends in grade A movies. She wanted Justin to coach her, and uh, he was offered a $100,000 contract. He declined it because he didn't think that she was right for, for the coaching. Most people would not decline a $100,000 offer like that. And he did it based on principle. And that's the main thing I learned is in this world, this life and business, you're going to be tempted to do things People are going to approach you with the business opportunities that you know in your heart might not be 100% legit, and you'll be tempted to do it because, hey, you know what? I can make some money. Yeah, I'll serve somebody. 
No, no, no. You serve first. We call it prosperity through service. This is the, what I'm getting to. Serve first and you shall prosper as a result. And never, ever sacrifice that. I can tell you, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've seen it before. I've done it before. I've met fully. I've, I've done things I wish I hadn't done. Nothing bad or dramatic, but the little things. Don't do it. Life's too short. I tell you what, at the end of life, you'll remember that shit. Excuse me, you'll remember that stuff, okay? You don't want to end up in your swan song thinking of all these things you wish you hadn't done. You don't want to be thinking of things you, you wish you had done but you didn't do. Do the things you know you should do and don't do the other things. That's what I learned from Dustin. Love it, dude. Love it. And great, great advice to, for everybody to go into 2020 with. So, Gary, thanks so much for coming on the GoBundance podcast, yeah, brother. I will see you in Aspen or uh, the next GoBundance event uh, that you're at, man. You got it, dude. Hey, listen, Happy New Year, Pat, to you and your beautiful family. God bless you, and God bless everybody listening to the podcast. In life, to be honest, I've failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.